0: I want to share a little bit about uh, some, some uh, summary of where we're going, where we've been on, uh, on our event, which is called Super Saturday Fall Apalooza, not Apalooza, Don. We'll saddle you. Well, we developed our first big event last Sunday, and uh, it's going to be exciting. Our push, our goal, is to is to reach a hundred people by year end, and not just reach them, but have them in, in the in the church. And the event is set uh, November ninth from three to six pm, and we're going to have a main event, a stage event, here on the, here on the stage. It's going to be music. And I think that you're going to be I think you're going to be pleased with it. Pray that we get all those pieces because there's a lot of moving parts to that involved. Um, it's going to be a concert. jeremy is is working on getting some some of that uh, put together. Uh, we uh, There's going to be activities i've got We've got uh, a portable trailer. It's an event trailer that has been uh, designed. It's got two bouncy houses and a whole bunch of other stuff in there that uh, the kids and adults alike will enjoy. The uh, cotton candy machine, snow cone machine, that sort of thing. You've got, you've got the, the sheet here, but I wanted to highlight some of this. The big thing is um, we, we, uh, we also have uh, one of the things to draw people in, we've got to have a door prize, a nice door prizes. And I'm not sure what that's going to look like, all donations will be uh, accepted. Um, so if you have something that's really really cool, still in good shape, and maybe even in still in the box, bring it and uh, or tell us about it, and let's see if that meets our strategy. Uh, we we uh, we need a lot of help though. As you look here at the <clears throat> at the teams, uh, you know the uh, there's going to be some good food. Uh, we're going to have a Clear, short, uh, gospel presentation. uh, Very concise. It's uh, designed to go right straight to the heart. And we pray the Holy Spirit's going to be involved in that. Um, The teams uh, were formed last Sunday, but they're not complete. We need help. Um, There's a sign-up sheet, a clipboard, in the lobby. If one of these things uh, really kind of trips your your trigger here, uh, sign up. The, the food and hospitality team, Craig and Linda, only need one other person, just one person, and uh, you will be thoroughly trained and equipped and, and it'll, it'll be fine, but we need one person for the food. Um, the promotion team, Ben and Tamara need at least one more person. The follow-up team, Jeremy and Jeff, Need one more person to help that out. Uh, The program team for the main event is uh, Matt, Bart, and Joy. And that is going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, The uh, registration, Janice uh, needs one or two more people. Pray for Janice. She's got some sinus stuff going on and uh, she's not in really good shape. Pray for Dave too because he's got stuff going on in his body as well. The event, implement, the event team, uh, and, and this is to set up and, and run all the various activities at the event. Uh, Jeff and I are the ones that are doing this, and we need six people. We need some ladies. Do you see that decoration? If, if we end up doing it, we'll put up pumpkins and Christmas lights, and it isn't going to look very pretty. So we need help. Next week we're going to discuss how to present the gospel effectively and, and what your role in that is going to be as well. So we, we uh, ask that you really uh, get, your, get, in, get in touch prayerfully with how God is going to ask you to serve. And there's a place for each of you. So come participate with us. Well today, uh, we're either going to have a resolution or a revolution and I hope that when we're done we're going to have a revolution. Not that we're revolting but that we are energized and have a desire to uh, really reach the lost. Um, A resolution, New Year's resolution, is a a commitment to to a project, reforming of a habit or even a complete lifestyle change that you're saying that this is what I'm going to do this next year. And my resolution has turned into a revolution. And that's rethinking our church. What does that look like? How's that going to happen? What is my commitment going to be in order to revolutionize the way we do church? I want to uh, define and then launch our purpose and mission here at, at Shawnee Heights and, and start a revolution. As you look at uh, a church le- the church life survey, there's some critical elements that need attention. Our church profile, and this isn't just you know looking at individuals, but our church profile uh, fits a demographic made up of 40 to 70-year-old people who are content with remaining a historical body. Now, our median age here is 46. By remaining a historical body, it's, it's a group who hangs on to the past and is comfortable with programs and structure. Programs are good. Structure is necessary. The Word of God tells us that we should do things in a decent and orderly fashion. Structure. Program helps us get through all of that and, and underpins that, the, the structure. What does this say about us? We need to rethink church. We need to, we need to rediscover our purpose and our mission. We need a, a revolution and put to sleep resolutions because three weeks after you make a New Year's resolution, you forget about it. Nothing happens. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to do Whatever. And usually it's, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, and I'm happy just being who I am. And the resolution doesn't take place. We need a renewed passion for the lost, and we need a renewed passion for one another. You know, I feel appreciated at this church, I really do. You don't have to feed me, although I like it. Um, you know, Sarita and I have, have uh, really been blessed by all of you. And, and through that, we've come to realize that, that uh, God is really in the midst of this, of this group. And so I appreciate each and every one of you, and I speak for Sarita in saying the same, that you have blessed us beyond measure. Thank you for this from last October till now, uh, how you've shown appreciation, acts of kindness. Come and visit me when I don't know who you are, where you are. Or <laughs> I'm, I'm in this drug-induced stupor. And uh, I believe you were there when you say you were there, but I don't remember. But thank you. Thank you for the meal. Thank you for those little cards and and things. And, and, and kids, when you, you do something in Sunday school and you say, hey, Pastor John, I love you, man, that's great. And I love it most of all when you don't stay in the lines coloring because that is my life. I haven't, been st- I haven't, lived, within, I haven't lived within the lines of the color of my life for 69 years. So thank you. So I have a passion for you. And I have a passion for the lost, and I want you to jump on board with me on that. Well, let's look at the early church as a model and see what our purpose should be. Acts two forty-two through 47 says, all the believers devoted themselves to, and I'm going to break this out a little bit, the first thing, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We don't have apostles anymore, but we have a pastor, we have elders, we have Sunday school teachers, we have Bible study leaders, and and... We are to devote ourselves to their teaching, to fellowship. We're going to do that very thing today, to sharing in meals, which includes the Lord's Supper, to prayer. You know, are, are, we, are we praying for one another? Are we praying for the lost? I want you to truly be in, in earnest prayer as we are looking forward to uh, this fall, uh, uh, fall palooza that we're going to be putting on. He goes on in verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers did some things. They all met. They met together in one place. They used to do uh, house churches. And so we're meeting today in in God's house. this This church house. And shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now it's a different culture and I'm not suggesting anything other than we have a responsibility to care for those in our body who have a need and and we're all about that don't you dare take advantage of our generosity and don't think our generosity is weakness it's not our generosity is designed to give back to the body what God has given to us if you need it we will help They shared their meals together with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Each day people got saved. Each day people were being added to the body of Christ. Each day there were new opportunities for discipleship. They didn't have to have a trebuchet. They didn't have to have a pumpkin fling. They didn't have to have cotton candy. Although I believe Jesus would have used it all were He here today. They didn't have technology. All they had was the, this new thing called the Holy Spirit. And, and it worked. I'm going to ask you two very critical questions. What's our purpose? What is our purpose in this church what is our mission here in our church so are are we devoted to the apostles teaching that's discipleship devoted to fellowship that's that's community devoted to prayer and meeting together and breaking bread together and singing hymns hymns psalms and spiritual songs that's worship. And devoted to growth, that's evangelism. You say, well, John, don't you have the cart before the horse? No, this is just this is the way that the that the authors, uh, uh, Doctor Luke, when he wrote the book of Acts, put it down, and that's he was guided by the Holy Spirit to do it. And it doesn't make any difference the order. What makes the difference is that we're doing those things. These principles constitute the business or the purpose of the church. This is why we do what we do. What can happen is that we forget our foundational our purposes. You see our, our purpose isn't to keep traditions. It isn't about maintaining a building. It's not about a budget. They're good and they flow out of purpose but they do not make up church purpose. What does it look like? We have to capture our big biblical sense of pur- purpose, and then look at everything we do through the lens of purpose or purposes. Stories told of a lighthouse keeper, and and he was allocated a certain amount of oil uh, for the month, no more, no less. was oil for warmth to keep the lamp burning, to grease the the mechanism of the lighthouse this guy was one of those people that wanted to help and please everybody and in the end he ran out of oil and the lighthouse went out a bad storm hit the lighthouse wasn't lit and there were several ships that crashed the owner said you were given that oil for one purpose to keep the lighthouse lit see there's no end to the, the, the good that the church can do but we're limited the application of that story is, is obvious we're given, we're given specific uh, amounts of money to do the work of the church, we're given people to do the work of the church, we're given gifts to build the body of Christ but we need to do it But we're stuck in this 80-20 uh, uh, capacity it's twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work. We're limited by finances. We're limited by people who don't have that passion to serve. It's easy to come to church on Sunday and get and get st- stoked up and then go home and and get caught up with life. Man and, and if you got if you got if you got kids if you got grandkids if you got job if you have school stuff it's really easy to get caught up in in life and forget that our mission isn't about that stuff our mission is about church and evangelism and discipleship So if we focus on our purpose, we can do a few things with excellence rather than doing lots of things poorly. We begin to do church according to purpose. If we do uh, church according to purpose, I believe we're going to see a revised sense of who we are and why we do what we do. And churches with a clear sense of purpose feel vital and they feel alive. It's exciting to come to church. It's exciting to say, hey, we want to bring people to our church because this is where things are happening. If our purpose drives us, we're going to thrive and we're going to become an outward-focused church. We're going to have no problem at all bringing a hundred people in. If our our purpose drives us, we can draw some some real focus to what it means to be an uh, outward-caring and focused church. Philippians, we we can draw some applications from Paul when he wrote Philippians 3.13. He said, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Let's begin to look ahead. History is a good foundation, but those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. I've got a little, uh, a little video that I want to I wanna show you. If somebody will hit the lights back there, um, it's three minutes long or so. Uh, I, think, I think you can pick up what I'm putting down here. Away. Why? Why well, you're a cat? A cheshire cat, all the oh, Oh wait! Don't go, please. Hey, Very well. Thank. You. Oh no no no! Thank you, but but I just wanted to ask you which way I ought to go. Well, that depends on where. You want to get to? Oh, it really doesn't matter. As long as I then it really doesn't matter which way you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> which way are we gonna go? And 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 the cat says it depends a good deal on where you want to go. We can go this way, we can go that way, we can go this way. And, and that is kind of how church operates. Well, what does that have to do with church? And it's unless we have, a charted, we have charted a clear destination or goal, there's no sense of direction. One course is as good as another. We're going to go look at a tree with a dis- disappearing cat. And that makes as much sense as going about with no direction in the church. Alice had a purpose. Her purpose was walking. She just didn't know where her walking was supposed to take her. The church has a purpose. We just don't know what that purpose is. Is it, is it words on a... On a Plaque hanging in the back of the church? The purpose of the church is discipleship and community and worship and ministry and evangelism based on Acts 2. And that's why asking the second foundational question is so important. What is the mission of the church? The church may understand its purpose but has no idea what it's trying to accomplish. What specific objective is the church devoted to accomplishing through these purposes? What are we trying to do through evangelism and discipleship and, and ministry and worship and community? What is it that we're trying to do? And let's see what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Two critical things Jesus taught. Make disciples, teach to practice all that I've commanded. Teach the Word of God, make disciples. And the mission of the church is evangelism and discipleship. That is what we are about. How we get through to all that can interact with our purpose. Everything else falls under these two. We can be hyper-creative in how we make it happen. That's mechanics but the guts of the mission are evangelism and discipleship as people participate in the mission of the church they'll develop into fully devoted followers of Christ you know it's a disheartening fact but there's many churches whose mission is so blurred they've become ineffective you know they believe like us doctrinally they behave like us morally they have an experience like ours occasionally they support us financially they become like us, culturally, they participate in, the, in baptism and communion. And the problem is that while these things are good, it would be possible to realize all of these things and never reach one single, single person with the gospel of Christ. A survey of over 1,000 churches was taken and people were asked what they believed the mission of the church to be. 89%, 89% of the people said, the church exists to take care of my family and my needs. 11% said the church existed to win the loss for Christ. It's, it's, like, it's like a car assembly line. You know, First come the raw materials, and then the parts are gathered, and then the, the, the components are installed, and at the end, of the, end of, the, of the assembly line, a car rolls off ready to be driven. Churches specialize sometimes in only one segment of the assembly line. Our mission is a maintenance program for the existing cars. You know, wash the windshields, gas it up, check the fluids, air up the tires. And the goal is to keep the cars that have already been built well-tuned and shined up for use. If we're not laser-focused, if we're not intentional in our evangelism and discipleship, my brothers and sisters, we won't ever experience Organic growth. We'll end up a maintenance church. We'll miss the blessings of God. You know, I don't, I don't care what music we sing. I, I, don't, I don't care, Matt, if you come here and play the comb. If it's done to the glory of God, God gets the glory, amen? Yep. You know, I don't care if you guys have wash tubs that you're messing with. Or, Carrie, if you're playing the spoons back there. I don't, it doesn't make any difference. If our heart is right, if we are about ministering to the body of Christ, we're going to worship. If our hearts are right, we're going to pour every single bit that we have, every, every corpuscle in our bodies on Sunday nights to reaching those little ones. Well, John, most of them are saved. Good. Disciple them. Building them in such a way that they are going to make a difference in their environment, which is their school. You imagine unleashing these precious little ones who have a heart sold out for Jesus Christ onto that community, in their school system? It'd be unbelievable. But we need to be intentional about our evangelism and about our discipleship. You're gonna be eating some good food today, telling stories, laughing at things that we do or say, maybe poking good natured good natured ribbon at one another. But friends, I would I would encourage you to think about what we're trying to do in this, in this super Saturday follow-up-palooza. If you don't say it, you're going to forget it. And, and you may end up calling it the Appaloosa. Talk about what it takes to pull this off. And what your part's going to be. Because in the end, it isn't isn't just having a lot of fun. We're going to be laser focused on reaching the lost. Laser focused. Ask God what part he'd have for you to play in this. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the, the creativity that exists in this church. Lord, I thank you for the generosity of of these people. Lord, I thank you for the love that they've extended to Sarita and I, and my family. Lord, I just I just can't praise you enough for all that you've done over the many years, the history of this church. May we be a church that doesn't rest on our laurels, but that we would have that desire to Rise above our history. Reach the lost. Make disciples. If you're here today, my friend, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, may this be the day that you make that decision. Do you come to that place and say, "John, I, I understand what you're saying. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I did it, but I want to do it. I want Jesus to be my Savior." And you can pray a simple prayer, and the prayer doesn't save you. It's your heart. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and the best way I know how, I invite you into my heart, my life. Save me from my sin. And I believe when you died on that cross, you died in my place, that I could live with you forever in eternity. And You prayed that prayer. You now are a new creature, a new creation. You are a new person in Christ. Come and see me, and we'll talk about it. Lord, bless us and keep us. I pray, Lord, for this meal that follows. I ask that you would bless it too. Thank you for the hands that prepared it. Lord, use it to strengthen and nourish us that we may be your servants in your son's name. Amen.